Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jordan and Drew, the Sports Crew, a bonus edition here on this Sunday morning. My name is Jordan Lorenz on solo duty, because you know what it is. It's the night after a UFC pay-per-view, UFC 264 in the books. I watched it last night, and disappointing main event, to say the least, just how we know all the animosity there was between these two coming into this fight, and for it to end with Connor snapping his ankle, I mean, anticlimactic for sure, but we will get there at the end of this recap. We got to start at the top, right? Chris Moutinho, boy, oh boy, oh boy, did he earn a few new fans in his UFC debut. Took on Sugar Sean O'Malley, and this is a guy I've talked about before, definitely the future. I think he's doing a ton of great things, and he rebounded. Very well since his loss to Cheeto Vera back on August 15th of last year. So, I mean, he's won two straight, beat Thomas Almeida, and now beats Chris Moutinho, who came in on 11 days' notice, I believe it was. This is his UFC debut. He was a plus 600 underdog. Shigashawn was a minus 1,000 favorite. So, for you betting guys out there, you would have to bet, or if you bet, $100 on Chris Moutinho, you would win 600 but you would have to bet $1,000 on Sugar Sean to win 100 That's how that works. He was such a huge favorite and came out of the gate swinging right away. Things were looking good for the Sugar Sean O'Malley, and I opened the stats up right now. 230 significant strikes landed with 177 of those landing on the head of Chris Moutinho. I mean, this thing was crazy. Chris Moutinho would not go down at all. It looked like in the first, he was a little bit wobbled, but the man stayed in there, and as commentary said time and time again, he was putting the pressure on Sean O'Malley, and honestly, Sean didn't like it. He didn't know what to do. I mean, sure, he was staying in there. He was still swinging, but... He landed 72% of his total strikes, which is ungodly high amount. I mean, he picked his shots well. He wasn't throwing wildly. He wasn't cracking under the pressure in that aspect. But Chris Moutinho was talking to him. He was saying all these things. He was pointing. He was smiling after a head kick landed at one point. This was crazy in the best way possible, though. I mean, no one expected this to go the full three rounds. And then I... Herb Dean stoppage, which certainly I'm not a fan of because Chris Moutinho was still moving forward. He was still talking to him. And yes, I understand he absorbs so many strikes to the head, but there's 30 seconds left in the fight, Herb. I mean, come on. You can't call it now. If you're going to call it, call it two minutes into the final round or something. You can't call it with 30 seconds left. You got to let the guy go out on his shield. I mean, sure, maybe saved a little more damage or something, but. I don't know. I mean, Sugar Sean, after the fight, said Herb Dean saved Moutinho because he was going to kill him and blah, blah, blah. But no, I certainly don't think so. I think Moutinho was going to stay in there for the final 30 seconds, and he could have got another few good shots in as well. But sadly, we didn't get to see that, and I don't know. It's whatever at this point. A bad stoppage, in my opinion, but nothing we can do about it. And Chris Moutinho, hopefully, will be back. I know they said they were on, he was on their radar for the Contender Series, but... When the first fight got or fell through, I mean, Sean O'Malley might not have even fought on this card. So thanks to Chris Moutinho, we got to see the Sugar Show in action. And whew, 
That is always such a treat. I'm sure we'll see him fight one more time. He fought in March when he beat Thomas Almeida. Now he beat Chris Martino here in July. No doubt we'll see him one more time at the end of the year. Now, bantamweight fight between these two women looking to get their shot at Amanda Nunez, who's fighting next month. We'll talk all about it. Yana Kunitskaya against Irene Eldana. And I, I gotta admit, I really, really have been sleeping on Eldana. I mean, I'm a big Yana Kunitskaya fan. I think she's the future. I think she's doing great, great things coming up. And one of the things... <laughs> Excuse me, bless me, my goodness, sneezing on the recaps here in the morning. But one of the things that I think Irina Danya did perfectly, she she just picked her strikes well. And once it got down on the ground, there was nothing Kuninskaya could do. She turned her back. I mean, that they said it on commentary. But when you turn your back, uh-uh, that's when you know it's over. That is when things are done. And yep, sure enough, I believe Herzog was the official in this one, and once he saw that, and Irina Danya just kept teeing away on her, that was all she wrote, and another situation where the favorite wins the fight, and that's a theme besides in one of the fights, but Irina's the four seed in the division, most likely going to be moving up after this fight, ended in the first round, four and a half minutes, not a whole lot to say about this fight, I mean, they went in there, 37 strikes landed for Aldana, 30 landed for Kunitskaya, and then 37 Oh, all 30, wow, all 37 of Irina Lanya's strikes were significant strikes. So that is a very, very big amount. One knockdown, obviously, for Aldana. And yeah, that was it. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot to this fight. Got down, and then Kuninskaya just couldn't defend herself on the ground, couldn't figure out a way to get up. Only 25 seconds left in the round, but that was it, you know. Nothing else she could do. Good rebound for Aldana, who lost to Holly Holm around Halloween time of last year. She's now 3-1 and one in her last four, and that's going back to 2019. She had a very active 2019, fighting four times. She was 3-1 in 2019, only lost to Raquel Pennington, and certainly no shame in that loss there. But yeah, other than that, Kunitskaya now, she's 2-1 and one in her last three after this loss here, her last win earlier this year. Caitlin Vieira, February 20th, by decision that was on the Razor Blades and Black Beast card. Black Beast, baby, we're going to get to him coming up after everything. But 2-2 two and two in her last four, if you want to look at it that way. 4-2 and two in her last six. I mean, I don't think she's in any danger. Just a tough loss here. She's now 14-6. and six. And Aldana, 13-6. and six. So that is very interesting looking at it that way. And we got ourselves a heavyweight scrap after this. Tai Tuivasa, Greg Hardy, boy, oh boy, Greg Hardy is inexperienced, showed once again, I mean, it's the same thing every time, I swear, and he, ha- we'll give it to him, he had Tuivasa rocked a little bit, and Tuivasa even said it in the post-fight, but he said he still had his legs, and once Greg Hardy came charging, that was the mistake of a lifetime, Tuivasa landed a, I believe it was a right hand, but I don't even remember. I just know it went to the side of Greg Hardy's face, and he went down instantly. I mean, these are two big boys, 264 and 263 and a half is what they weighed in at, I'm pretty sure. And, oh, there is nothing you can do to stop that big hand of Bam Bam as it was coming at you. Hit the side of Greg Hardy. He looked out going down, and then ref was like, unsure, should I stop it? Should I not? And Tuivasa got a few good strikes in, and then, 
that certainly ended this fight. Drank the beer out of the shoe afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting, but that'll get him some popularity. That's for sure. People love to see wild things like that. And I'm looking at the stats right now. There was 11 strikes landed for Tuivasa and 6 for Greg Hardy. But it's crazy to think one of those 6 strikes from Greg, Car Greg Hardy was that close to ending the fight. And it didn't, though. Tuivasa gets the job done. He's now 12-3, and three, has won his last three. Uh, I mean, he beat Steven Struve, Harry Hunsucker. He's been, I mean, the Harry fight's kind of whatever. But the Struve win back in, at the um, Habib and Geishi fight. In October of 2020, that was a big win for this guy who's on the move up. He actually, before this three-fight win streak, he had a three-fight losing streak. So it's crazy to think the things this meant. Actually, let's go back a little further. Comes into the UFC November 18th, 2017. Wins his first three, including a big win over Andre, Arvlosk, Arlo Andre Arlovsky. Then loses his next three, including a loss to Junior Dos Santos. And then wins his next three after. So it seems like Bam Bam is a very streaky fighter. But at the end of the day, he's going to be moving up the heavyweight rankings. And he is such a treat to watch. Greg Hardy has now dropped two straight. But I got to say, man, everyone hates Greg Hardy. All my homies hate Greg Hardy. But for him to be standing in there against big, big-named opponents, he fought Alexander Volkov. He fought Maurice Green. He fought Marcin Tibera. I mean, he's fighting all these big-name guys, and his inexperience is certainly showing, but they said it. He's learning on the job, and there's really nothing more you can ask from him. He's now 7-4, and four, but it's not like all these guys come into the UFC undefeated anyways. That's just the top, top guys who are claimed as the future. No one claimed Greg Hardy as the future. He was switching from football to UFC, and for some reason, Dana White wanted to give this guy a shot, even though everyone knows all the stuff that happened with him. Dana White is giving him big fights on big stages. It's not like he's on the prelims anywhere. I mean, this dude, it's basically, he was going to co-main event this card until they finally flipped it to our next fight. But yeah, it was good to see Tuivasa get the job done. And then one of the fans actually put hot sauce in one of the shoes where he drank out of. That's, ugh. That's the risk you pay, right, when you're drinking out of a shoe from someone, but yeah, I don't know. This next fight I was very disappointed with. Gilbert Burns, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, I'm a big Wonderboy guy, I thought for sure he gets the job done here, and I thought this was going to be the beginning of a downward spiral for Gilbert Burns, and it wasn't. I mean, it was not the most entertaining fight, but Gilbert Burns gets the job done, and that's really all you can ask for, for Burns, who's coming off that Usman loss, and problem here is besides taking down Wonderboy and keeping him down, Burns didn't do anything impressive at all to me. There's nothing he showed where I was like, whoa, this guy's got a shot against Usman again. No, I didn't see anything like that at all. And he's not getting a title shot yet again. I mean, he's certainly got to win one more fight, you would have to assume, before he does get that title shot. And now what happens to Wonderboy? He was the four seed, now or the number four ranked fighter. And now he's going to move down once again. And I'm not a fan of that. They were saying it last night. He's 38 years old. How many more chances is he going to get to climb up the ladder? Then they mentioned 41-year-old Glover Teixeira, who is absolutely on a tear and fighting his best fights of his life. So 
Wonder Boy, he doesn't even look 38. I mean, this dude looks fresh in there. He's still got his wild karate stance that people don't really know how to defend. Burns just took him down and obviously won the first round. I think Wonder Boy did win the second, and I believe it was 29-28 for all the judges. So it came down to the third round. Wonder Boy was looking good in the first two minutes of this round. He actually caught Burns with a spin kick and was going after him, trying to pick out that finish because his corner told him, hey, you're down two rounds, you got to light that fire under your guy. You don't want him relying on a decision win, and Wonder Boy was looking very good in the third round until he got taken down, and that sealed it. There was really nothing he could do at all, couldn't get back up to his feet, and looking at some of the things here, eight or 19 strikes by position, so distance punches, Wonder Boy had the advantage, as you would expect, landed all 19 of the ones he threw, but on the ground, Burns, I think this shows how inactive he was as well, on the ground, Burns landed 13 strikes to none of Wonder Boy, which I find intriguing because uh, they were scrapping at the end of the second round when Wonder Boy was throwing them, so I'm not sure what exactly these strikes are that they're talking about, unless those weren't significant strikes by Wonder Boy. I don't know, but there was the point, I believe it was at the end of the second round, they were like kind of backed up against the cage, and both of them were just throwing at each other, and it was crazy, and Wonder Boy smiled as he got up, went to the corner, three takedowns for Dorino Burns, who gets the job done, and we'll see what's next for him. I mean, Burns is a guy who's beat Woodley, he beat Damian Maya, he beat Gunnar Nelson back in the day, two years ago at this point, so... Besides his Usman loss, that's the only really big blemish on his record recently, and I don't know. I don't know what happens next for Wonder Boy. Certainly, I hope for big things. He's he won his last two. He beat Vince Luque and then Jeff Neal. I've lost to Burns, sets him back, and I feel like people forget about that Anthony Pettis loss, where Pettis knocked him out back in 2019, early 2019. I don't know why people sleep on that, but Anthony Pettis, professional fighters league, oof. Sad stuff, what happened there? Not making the playoffs? Eesh. That is not good at all, but PFL, tune in if you aren't already. I mean, they're getting close to the playoffs, and Clarissa will be fighting... I don't know when her next fight is. Actually, did I miss it? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't remember when her next fight is, so maybe I'll look it up here. But either way, it is time for the main event, and it... Like I said, very unfortunate... And it, I don't even know, I just, there's so much animosity, like I said, and you come into this fight with all this anticipation, all this hype, Conor McGregor looks good in the first two minutes, Shields' next fight is August 27th, this says, so that's, yeah, a few weeks out, I was going to say, I didn't think I missed it, but yeah, Clarissa Shields, the best boxer in the world, now turned to MMA, she was losing that first fight, and then turns it around in the final minute, two minutes, whatever it was, and ends up getting the stoppage. But anyways, back to this, UFC 264, that's why you're all here, main event, doctors, stoppage, and so, yeah, let's just go through everything, right? The first fight, as they said, 2014, I believe it was, I think so, I think they said it was seven years ago, Conor McGregor, Gets in the head of Dustin Poirier, young Dustin Poirier, young Conor McGregor. McGregor gets the job done pretty easily. Fight two, seven years later, Dustin's on top of the world. McGregor hasn't really done a whole lot since the Cowboy Cerrone win. And 
well, he hasn't even done much since back in the day when the Habib fight is really the big thing. And so Dustin stops Conor, knocks him out, the first person to stop Conor McGregor by knockout in the UFC. Dustin gets the job done in the second round. And now coming into the third fight, there's a lot of animosity. Dustin said how Conor was supposed to give his charity this money and he didn't, blah, blah, blah. Called him out on social media and that upset Conor. Then Conor does all these things, talking about Dustin's wife, and he's getting all personal. And that's not what the second fight was about at all. It was respectful. They were both two good guys just having a fight, hugging it out afterwards. And uh uh-uh. Now this thing is personal. And Conor McGregor came in with an attitude. He was looking to get that stoppage right out of the gate. Came out with two spin kicks to the body. First one didn't really connect. Second one got a little of a maybe. And Conor was very active, throwing leg kicks. Dustin was moving backwards. He's playing it safe to start because we all know Conor McGregor is a first-round fighter, and one Joe Rogan said it best. There's two fights within this fight. There's the first round, and then there's the rest of the fight. Dustin got out of the first round because he ended up taking Conor down, and the inexperience of Conor on the ground trying to put a guillotine choke on Dustin Poirier, like, you're just wearing on your arm. There's no chance he was ever going to get that. If he did, my mind was going to be blown, but... He didn't get it. He actually tried for it twice, which is even more mind-blowing. But And after that, Dusta just starts teeing off ground and pound. Connor landed some good elbows, though, from his back. He was firing up, and those things were looking sharp. And once we end up getting back to the feet, there's a 30 seconds left, maybe. Something like that. Dustin wants him up. Oh, Dustin was also saying that when Connor was landing some of the up kicks, he was putting his fingers in the glove of Dustin to pull him back down. And that's what Dustin was looking back at Herb Dean for. That's a that's a cheap little strategy, but I mean, that's something hard for the refs to see. So kudos to Connor, I guess, for that. I don't know. Not that we condone cheating here, but they get back to the feet. They're moving around. Dustin lands a shot. Then they both miss a shot and Connor's moving back. And it's just one of those freak accidents. I can literally close my eyes and picture it. He steps back and the ankle just it snaps. I mean, there's, you can go and find the picture yourself if you want. There is nothing for Conor McGregor to do. He just snapped the ankle. Dustin said, kind of cracked him when he checked a kick earlier on. They showed the replay and, eh, I don't know, questionable there, but Conor goes down in a heap, almost gets stopped, but he is saved by the bell. I think Herb D knew that it was very, very close to ending the round, so he didn't want to do anything extra, and it stopped. Connor's sitting there, and you can see how swollen his ankle is right away. This thing is just like, it's like a, oh, I don't even know, like a balloon, I think they always say, but it was not good. Not in good shape at all. And then they come in, and wave it off, and that's that. And these two still jawing at each other, going at it after the fight. I mean, it, it's personal. You could tell things have definitely changed, and certainly an anticlimactic way to end the trilogy, but I don't think this is done at all. I don't think, I don't, I think Dustin's, well, Dana White said it, he said Dustin's getting that Oliveira fight has to at this point, right, that is going to be a scrap between Dustin the Diamond Poirier and Charles Oliveira, but now the question is what happens after, I was kind of trying to look things out, and Dustin wins the belt, right, say Connor, I don't know how long Connor's going to be out, that's one of the big things. And will Connor ever return at 100% with the ankle? He probably will. It's Connor McGregor, but it's just an ankle injury like that. You know, if you can't bounce on it the same, you can't move around with the same speed, that can really 
hold a guy back. And I think the next Connor fight is going to be the Nate Diaz trilogy. I think they're going to run that back. Not that, not that it's like the fight that needs to be made, but money-wise, obviously it's going to be there. They can easily main event a pay-per-view, and I think that'll be the route to go. Now I'm probably looking at spring of next year, maybe because of this Connor injury. I don't think we're seeing Connor fight another time this year, but who knows? It's Connor McCarter, and I think that's the route you go. Connor Diaz. Then I think Dustin will defend the belt once while Connor gets someone else to work his way back up. Give me Connor and Justin Gaethje. I mean, that would be wild. This lightweight division is stacked. I think there's options, but Connor's going to have to win a few fights before he can ever think of challenging for the title. And Max Kellerman, a little controversial last night. Joe Rogan wasn't a big fan, but Kellerman said that since the Floyd Mayweather fight, Connor McGregor has only beat a what I don't remember what word he used. Um, I don't remember what he called Donald Cerrone, but certainly it's an aging Donald Cerrone, a Cerrone who's not the same at all, and we saw that in his last fight for sure, but he beat a diminished Cerrone, maybe he said, something like that. I don't know. Beat him in the first round, and otherwise, he hasn't won since... That's the only time he's won, and that Floyd Mayweather fight where he made, what, $100 million, I think Max Kellerman said, so... I don't, I don't think the money's gotten to his head. I don't think, honestly, I think Conor McGregor came into this third fight with a different approach because he didn't have the confidence that he could beat Dustin Poirier. He was knocked out for the first time in the UFC, might have even been his first time in his career, and I think he had to change the approach to try and get in the head of Dustin. It didn't work at all, and then all the things Conor was saying after the fight just doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth, and it sucks to see the trilogy had to end like this and it sucks knowing we're probably gonna get a fourth fight it just depends on Connor and how he's able to rebound from this that's really all there is to it so next weekend we've got ourselves the return of Misha Cupcake Teichi's in the co-main event against Marion Renault and then a lightweight main event speaking of the lightweights here we are Tiago Moses Tiago Moises and Islam Makachev in the main event. Makachev has been on a tear this season. Moving up those lightweight rankings. 9 p.m. Central Time start for the card next week. And then all roads lead to UFC 265. Two title fights. And let's talk about this real quick. Main event is for the interim heavyweight championship why oh why i don't get it at all i don't know why ninganu is not fighting Derek lewis i don't understand because why can't amanda nunez and juliana pena be the main event to this card i don't know dana thought he needed something else so dana says cyril gan you just got a big win fight for the interim title he's not given gan a real title shot yet it's the two seated fire Derek lewis against the three cyril gan and that is interesting to say the least I certainly want to see Lewis win because we all want the rematch between Lewis and Nganu. we're all still waiting on John Jones to see what's happening there I want Miocic and Joe well I mean I wanted Lewis Nganu and Miocic Jones but I don't know what's happening now in this heavyweight division I don't know why Nganu isn't fighting I'm so confused as to why this is happening but like I said Amanda Nunes Juliana Pena fighting it out in the co-main for that Bantamweight belt 
Vincent Luque and Michael Chiesa in a Walter Wade scrap. That is going to be huge. And then Jose Aldo and Pedro Munoz. Oh boy, this card is stacked. They're still looking to add a fifth fight to it. But yeah, that's basically everything. Good stuff all around, obviously, besides the disappointing end to the main event. But there's nothing you can do about it. So thank you all for listening to this bonus episode. We're on YouTube, Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew. We're on Facebook, Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew. We're on Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore Sports Crew. I'm on Twitter. Jordan Law underscore PXP. We have stickers for sale, you guys. We're literally asking a dollar for a sticker. If you bought a shirt, we'll give the sticker to you at the time we get the shirt to you. It's a nice little bundle deal for you. 13 bucks if you bought a shirt and a sticker. I mean, that's super cheap in our opinion. We're trying, we're not trying to screw anyone out of money. We just, we're, we're not making a whole lot on the shirts either. So it's not like we got them for five bucks and we're upcharging a bunch. That's not how we roll at all, just trying to spread the word. So that's everything. Thank you guys for listening to my UFC recap. And don't forget, tomorrow, episode 18 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.